following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Well, Season 1 of Rental Return Tales from the Video Store has come to a close, and what a dramatic ending to some of those stories we got in the final episode. Adam, Chad, and Jason here again to provide a rewind review of the season and bookend the discussion of these nostalgic adventures from the video store. We hope you enjoyed the series because we had a blast putting it together. Now, here's the thing, though. Before we get started, video rental has been in the culture lately through the very Mm -hmm. same streaming services that put that entertainment model out of business. So before (laughs) we get started, because if you'll recall in our early preview episode, in our pre-discussion, Chad had a, let's call it a strong dislike for Blockbuster (laughs) Video. And if there anybody the Falls of Online is well aware of this. So we have to ask, Chad, <laughs> what were your thoughts on the last Blockbuster documentary on Netflix? <clears throat> Next question. <laughs> oh, oh. I, so I originally wasn't going to watch this, and then my wife had told me she had watched it. So, you know, she has, she has much better taste in entertainment than I do. So I was just like, eh, maybe I'll give it a chance. I'll give it a fair shake. I'll, you know, I'll go in with a clear mind, you know. Uh, I'll hear everyone out. I'll listen to their story, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Um, I respect the fact that there is a video rental store still around, still doing great, still serving the community. I appreciate the fact that it's keeping so many people afloat and, you know, keeping so many people, like I said, keeping the community going. It just pains me that it's Blockbuster. And Family Video just went out of business. Uh, that, that's kind of been in the news recently. It hasn't really been mentioned as much, which is it, – it, it's, it's insane to me because people have – you know, they want that experience, but you have a family – I think there were family videos in every state, and nobody really took advantage of that. So Really? I, yeah. Please correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure a Google search will – Prove me wrong, but I think that there was a family video in every state, and I, again, could be wrong, but... Well, it's, it's just, just funny to me, Chad, to imagine you, because, you know, the great drama of that documentary towards the end is whether or not they get to keep the Blockbuster license, and you're like, yeah. let it go! Let it go! Yes. Be your own store! Like, yes! <laughs> I was! I, I was... The whole time, I was just like, oh my gosh, just that's exactly how I felt. I wanted them to kind of, you know, revert to a family business, which... Maybe they wouldn't survive. Maybe it wouldn't be there if it wasn't a blockbuster. I don't know. I'm not a businessman, but in my opinion, you know, maybe it would have. I don't know. But (laughs) there were some things I liked, but I I just I I couldn't get over the gushing over blockbuster. And, you know, the blue and the yellow is like the red for a bull. It just sends you into a rage. We know. We know. (laughs) Well, then, you you know, there were. There are plenty of Twitter uh, threads that I've started over my disdain of uh, Blockbuster, and they've gotten very heated. And, you know, even listening to some of the stories where people were, you know, telling on this very podcast about Blockbuster, there was part of me that was just like, gosh, you you couldn't have worked in a Potomac video or, you know, uh, whatever (laughs) you may have had or whatever. I I guess sometimes I I was very spoiled in that we had so many 
mom and pop stores in my area and you know so many options so maybe i need to be a little bit more mindful of that and i need to kind of put myself in other people's shoes but well the good news is though about this series is that we had both sides right we had a handful of people who worked at blockbuster and we had a handful that had the mom and pop experience and i think yeah for everybody that had either or there was something to learn about one and uh, maybe something to remember and appreciate about the other that was your personal experience Mm so agreed so to answer your question about the last blockbuster i have mixed feelings on it and it is a feel-good story at the end of the day, I guess, but it's a rather dubious choice of company, <laughs> I guess. So let's talk a little bit about here, then, because we know, Chad, you had a chance to listen. Obviously, you know, I was conducting the interviews, so I was excited to share these, and then Jason was exploring and discovering the interviews as he was editing it together, <laughs> which just, you know, chef's kiss to you, Jason. Just a fantastic <laughs> job on all of the editing. Such a fun format. We At one point, we kind of flip-flopped. We're like, are we really going to do that format? Because that was the original concept. Right. And thought it'd be a lot of work for you, but you really pulled it off. So you did a great yeah. job. Jason. Well, I appreciate that, and it was a uh, a labor of joy, definitely uh, listening to everybody, and then trying to come up with a fun format <laughs> like that. That's just not, you know, everybody has the same format essentially in a podcast yeah. where you know you have a guest on and you talk about something, and it just seemed to. Uh, to work that way, uh, asking everybody the same questions. And really the only piece of feedback that was somewhat negative was the episodes weren't long enough. So <laughs> hopefully wanted in, more. Yeah. Right. Hopefully wow. in, in season two, we can update our questionnaire, uh, make sure we're asking the same questions to everybody. And I know, and that was part of the problem was, uh, we had Chris that worked at a media play, and Amanda, you know, she was more of the mom and pop and had more of a individual experience or, or different experience from everybody else. So it was hard to work in the same questions to everybody. But uh, at the same time, I think we gave people uh, a, a fun platform now to hopefully come over and, uh, and join us and uh, we can uh, piece together a, another fun season because uh, it was really fun just hearing the stories. And I know we'll get into it more, but uh I really enjoyed putting it together. If I can, Jason, and and, um, Adam, I don't know if you remember this. When Jason, I think your first podcast was actually Rediscover the 80s, and that was kind of the same format, and that's kind of one of the things I took from it. And I was like, oh, gosh, this is a nice, familiar format. (laughs) It's kind of like um, just hearing people just, you know, multiple stories, you know, followed up by the other. And, you know, you don't have – it doesn't have your typical podcast kind of format. Right. So it was very enjoyable. I liked the 20 minute runtime personally, because I think if it was a little longer, it would kind of be a little bit harder to listen to. So I think it was just the right sweet spot. Okay. All that was missing was Howie Decker and classic and rediscover the eighties reunion. Well, um, those first two shows that I ever put together are still in the Rediscover the 80s podcast feed. If mm-hmm. you scroll all the way to the bottom, you can get a little taste of that. But it's inspired by um, VH1, I Love the 80s. Yeah. Right. And I, I watched that religiously. I watched you know, the same episode over and over and over again whenever it was on. When, when they do mm-hmm. marathons, too. I'd just take a whole Saturday and be watching <laughs> I Love the 80s. And then they did I Love the 80s Strikes Back. And, mm-hmm. and the 3D. Like, in the 3D, yes. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, that format is just so fun, and I was it like, is. something, something different that you can do on a podcast, even minus the visuals. Everybody can comment on you know whatever you're talking about that went through that era, and uh, I was like, well, let's try it out here, and it, I think it did work. And you know what? Uh, I side note, and it kind of pertains to our subject tonight. I actually have the original broadcast. On VHS of that entire series, I recorded nice. every night. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so that that's one of my... I That was a time when VH1 was just hitting every stride. And Absolutely. just every, you know, so I, I have pretty much all their countdowns and all their, you know, kind of talking head stuff from that time. Well, so it sounds like VH1 certainly was getting you covered with fun stories from these uh, D-list celebrities. But (laughs) let's get into what you thought about our video (laughs) heroes. So I want to ask you both first, as you were listening to Rental Return, listening through these episodes, what did you personally learn about the video rental store experience from behind the counter that maybe you hadn't considered before? Jason, was there something that jumped out to you? Well, it's obvious, but at the same time, I, it never came to mind is that just the amount of time that they probably spent rewinding tapes each night. I want to say maybe it was JP that was talking about they just had the, the rewinders going nonstop like the whole night. And I was always, you know, I respected the sticker. Okay. Mm-hmm. I rewinded <laughs> my tapes. And I was proud, you know, I rewound my tapes. I didn't want to get hit with any kind of rewind fee. I don't think that was ever a thing. But at the same time, I was respectful of them and the the next person that was going to rent the tape. So I always rewound the tapes. But just thinking about that, like, oh, my gosh, I'm probably in the minority here of people that just watch the movie. You throw it back in and you're done and you don't rewind and you go through that just monotonous thing every night. Yeah. That just, just the disregard for the protocols that like, we're just part of being part of a video rental community. Like still, when I see people like just the other night on Twitter, I saw somebody hold up a tape that was like from, you know, a blockbuster, like, Oop, looks like I forgot to return this, you know, like it's like people (laughs) who would just literally keep them. Like you're so out of it that you read to tape and then never think to take it back again. Like I can't (laughs) imagine that it's such a sacred place. You honor the rules. You follow the laws of home video rental, you know, Uh, I know a few people who I'm sure if blockbuster were still in business that they would like to get their hand on. Um, How about so, for you, Chad? Yeah, what what were some of the things that stood out to you about the business side of the stores? I think my favorite aspect of it was uh, hearing everyone who was working there in their formative years, you know, their teen years or early 20s, whatever the case may have been. And, uh, you know, just hearing these wild stories that they had, you know, and experiences that they had seen at such, you know. Yeah, well, it didn't I sound like they were hiring now. a lot of senior citizens, that's for sure. No, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> it's a common theme. I mean, I work at, well, I work in retail now, and I can tell you, I, I see crazy stuff every day. But, I, I mean, this is me at 37, not 15, not 16. These guys and gals are, you know, just, they, they have the craziest stories to tell, and they're not even out of high school. Yeah, like I I didn't know that arson fires and theft was such a big issue for the video stores, whether it was video games or the videos themselves being stolen through creative ways by the actual employees. Like, that's nuts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the more creative stuff that I heard, 
those were the ones that I enjoyed the most, even though part of me was like, oh, wow, that's messed up. But part of me was like, <laughs> yeah. that's brilliant. The Sega yeah. Genesis story. Yeah, know, I had know. never heard that before. Never. Like, that was just wild to me. I was like, you could do that? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was just wild. I, and, you know, hearing the crazy creative stuff that these you know guys and gals had gone through, our heroes, I, it, it was it was just pretty mind-blowing. Wait, yeah. I have to say, like, the one thing, like, you, you with the customer complaints, you know, obviously you expected, you know, <laughs> the late fees. They're going to argue over that or the yeah. rewind fees, whatever it is. But the idea that people were, everybody mentioned pretty much that when videotapes went to the widescreen with the black bars on the top and bottom of the screen, <laughs> like, that that was just a constant complaint. People did not understand it, <laughs> thought they were getting ripped off, thought the tape was broken. Now, Chad, I'm going to ask you this, because I, I want to believe that you and i experienced those black bars from the same tape the first time we put in a certain video what movie was that chad it's a film you and i both hold near and dear to our hearts it's the wizard isn't it oh not the wizard it is from 1989 though oh gosh what is it oh my goodness it's gonna drive me crazy go ahead and say it it is ghostbusters 2 really Yes. So I remember even seeing the trailers for Ghostbusters 2 on one of my other VHS tapes, and it would go into the widescreen. And and the trailer was in widescreen. And then when I got the video, we got it previously viewed from our local rental store. That was the copy I had growing up and putting it in every time it had those black bars. It was a widescreen presentation. I was like, so I've always associated that with Ghostbusters 2. Interesting. Okay, so now this was the original release? It wasn't like a... Wow! Why don't I remember? I'm going to be honest. I don't think I ever really noticed that at, Mm. you know, age seven or whatever it was. I don't don't remember this. Now, that's interesting because I have an earlier DVD copy of Ghostbusters 2. And it's got the dual sided. So you one side is widescreen, mm-hmm. one side is full screen. And it's the pan and scan. And that's the first movie I remember seeing the pan and scan and going, what the crap's going on here? It's like I'm in the movie and moving the camera around. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, that blew my mind. So it's weird that you bring up Ghostbusters too, because that's what I associated well, with. Well, and what's so interesting, just speaking of that, in all the different video formats, Ghostbusters really seems to be one of the premier titles. They always do those at the launch, whether it was like 4K, you know, like all of those. Like every time they release a higher resolution, they put out Ghostbusters first in that format. I've just noticed that. Yeah. I I don't think I ever noticed. Did you say Ghostbusters 2 is the greatest movie of all time? (laughs) That's also true. (laughs) We've had this discussion before. We have. We did. can head to the horror movie barbecue podcast archives for that same discussion uh, jason and sean uh robert plug plug um this is driving me crazy because i think the first time i noticed it wasn't until dvd and i think the first one that comes to mind is actually gladiator hmm. and for some reason that's the first one that comes to my mind because i i, I do remember i i tend to remember there were two editions like the full screen and widescreen but yeah, that's not really something I noticed. It did throw me for a loop the first time I noticed it, but I, I don't really... Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I will see if I can dig up my copy here and uh, transfer 
uh, some evidence of that for you so you guys can see so you'll know that it's it is the case um but let me ask you this now so again like you know chad you made mention of just how insane some of these stories were was there (laughs) one that was even more just like either a personal to you you're like whoa like that one that one's intense or one that was just so shocking because i mean we had to put an actual warning a content warning at the beginning of one of these episodes you know (laughs) yes um, I will say that that story that you are alluding to, I won't go into graphic detail because we don't <laughs> want a uh, an explicit label next to this episode. Um, that was a very interesting story. One of my favorite stories was the uh, the story about Eli Manning coming in and <laughs> renting a copy of like NFL, what was it, bloopers or like NFL highlights because his brother was on it and his uh, his account was tied to his father Archie. You know, uh, so that was a fun little like, oh, wow, that that's like that's pretty rad right there. I mean, yeah, I think it was oh, the video game, Chad. It was. Was it? The video? <laughs> yeah. So he's like going to play <laughs> as his brother. Isn't that weird? That was definitely a favorite. That actually makes it even better. Um, the other story that this is so dumb, but <laughs> the, the other story that made me just laugh hysterically because was there's the story of the manager with the BO because <laughs> bad odors don't offend me. They just make me laugh hysterically. So I, I could just imagine just being around this guy and just laughing the entire time and getting fired like two days in because I'm just laughing at his BO. Um, so that was kind of a favorite of mine because I could kind of picture myself right there and just laughing like an idiot. <laughs> how about for you jason you were going through these and you must have just been like what was there anything you had to leave on the cutting room floor (laughs) i don't think so i i was trying to keep every uh, you know at least the weird ones and stuff in uh and yeah getting to amanda's story there i was like who does that i mean (laughs) wow Uh, and she she's even like yeah hopefully they were just pranking it or, or whatever but uh, yeah, like you were saying, lots of fire. I mean, uh, <laughs> was it Zach or JP that was talking about, you know, the disgruntled employee that mm-hmm. sets fire to the garbage and he's trying to fight the thing <laughs> and, uh, fire trucks are coming and I was like, wow, that's, uh, that's insane. Uh, some of the fun things that I just never even thought about the couple stories that, uh, were alluded to where a wrong tape was sent back in the yes. slot, you know. Yeah, yeah. Gary is making that call, hoping that the uh the guy picked up and not the wife or the girlfriend. You know, <laughs> I was like, wow. Well, how awkward would that be taking that call or at least even making it? Um and then I mean just the fact that people were returning movies to the wrong store. Uh, you know, I, how do you do that? I mean, maybe you have a a membership at a couple different places locally, but the name's on the box. I need to take this back to, Ooh, blockbuster. (laughs) But then the whole weird exchange of having to go over to the other store and like exchange tapes from the people returning the, the wrong tape to the wrong store. That was pretty crazy to me too. Yeah, now I have to say for me, like as a collector, there were kind of two stories that stood out to me. Like one of them was just from Amanda's father's collection of tapes. The fact that they never sold anything, they never got rid of any tapes, just the sheer volume 
of tapes that she described that they had at their store. I just, I can't even imagine like just walking in and seeing that many VHS tapes ready to go. Like I know there are a few select like kind of archival stores in the nation that you could go to where they have these like long aisleways, but just what they had there is so tragic that that was lost, you know, that there, the, the way that those went away, like it was, it wasn't sold off. It wasn't, you know, anything like that. It was literally destroyed. And the fact that her dad got COPD because he went in and was, you know, trying to save some stuff out of there. And you think like the off gassing (laughs) would, I mean, toxic. So, wow. Just such an incredible story. Uh, and it was nice that it, somewhat had a happy ending that they were almost relieved that they're don't have to worry about renting the tapes anymore, that the whole community came together to kind of throw them a social. I mean, that was just, uh, incredible. Just incredible. Yeah. Well, and speaking of, you know, raising money when Preston as a fellow collector, knowing that young, (laughs) that there were some valuable tapes when he is helping to, you know, phase out old Disney white clamshell copies of the no mobile and selling them for 150 (laughs) bucks on eBay. I'm like, that is amazing. You know? And the other, the opposite side of that would be, Amanda and her dad going to Blockbuster and buying the previously viewed tapes to rent at their store. That was, oh gosh, that was so great. So now the question that I have is, as we're listening to these stories, now we're being brought back into those days. How did the nostalgia that was being fed into your ears affect your collecting habits? Like, have you given a greater focus to VHS and your thrift store runs now? Are you keeping an eye out? Any recent pickups that you're particularly excited about? I tell you, I've been, um, ever since we've been doing this, VHS is still the first section I'll go to at the thrift store. Particularly, there's a, I'm not going to mention which store because I don't want to blow up the spot, but um, (laughs) there's a store in my region that I always walk out with something. So that is usually always the first section I go to. And, um, you know, I've I've picked up a couple things here and there. I just picked up a movie called, it's with Billy D. Williams. And, oh, it's it's driving me crazy because it's in the other room, but... Oh, it's called Alien Invasion or something from like 1992. And I haven't had the chance to watch it, but I saw that on the shelf. And I, I was just like, I, Alien Intruder. I'm sorry, it's from 93. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's got Maxwell Caulfield and Tracy Scoggins. So it, it, that that is quite the cast right there. Like that is, <laughs> that is your... Caulfield's like, from Greece too, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I've never seen Grease 2, but I know he's in it. Yeah. But he's also um, Rax Manning in uh, Empire Records. Ah, okay. But I I found this tape in a Savers, and I was just looking at it. I was like, I've never heard of this. I posted on Twitter, and, like, the response is just like, this movie is so bizarre and so great. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to, you know, watching that. I'm looking forward to uh, checking it out. I've picked up a you know a couple of wrestling tapes here and there from the local record archive, which has their own like VHS oh. hallway, you know, kind of room. It's great to go through, but it, there's so many like you have to have like a couple friends to actually go through it yourself, which I have done. But yeah, no, I, I mean the love is still there. It's not as huge as it was like say you know even five or six years ago. But I mean. It, 
it's still the first section I'm going to head to. Yeah. And um, if I walk out with a VHS, I'll be very happy. Absolutely. Jason, yeah. I know that you've been hitting up the thrift stores as often as possible. Have you spied anything there on the shelf that caught your eye? Maybe if you didn't even take it home? I have. I mean, my thrift store habits are kind of depending on what mood I'm in or kind of what I find first. Because there's a larger antique mall that I go to. And if I go to a booth that has a bunch of VHSs and I see one, then I'm looking for VHS the whole time I'm there. You know, it, it just kind of depends on what I see first. And now my mind just kind of runs to that. But as far as my habits go, I think I'm a little more in tune to the uh, like the stickers and the rental store stuff, barcodes and stuff on the on the actual sleeves and stuff instead of just, oh, I need a copy of. Batman, you know, I want to look for a Batman that has like a blockbuster sticker on it or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I know of a couple at that antique store, um, antique mall actually, where there's uh, a couple booths that have some that are like the blockbuster sleeves and things like that, that I'm, (laughs) I, I don't know. I'm more in tune to now. And we just purged a bunch, uh, to send to our local thrift store, (laughs) <laughs> from our collection that we had either on DVD or digitally now. And they were just more like what I would call your standard copies, you right. know? Um, but so I'm at the, at the mall and I went to a booth. I found three of the James Bond collection back from 1984, the CBS Fox releases. Yes. And I'm pretty sure these were rental tapes because on the side of them, they have these little number stickers. Like they're like 72, 73, 74, something like that. And they, they actually have a (laughs) sticker for the seven, a sticker for the four. And then on the, on the uh, side of the tape itself, it's got a barcode. So I know these were rented out, but I, what caught my eye was the, the covers because it's the illustrated covers for uh, Moonraker, Spy Who Loved Me and A View to a Kill. And I love James Bond. And I saw those. And I was like, these are cool. These are probably were at a store somewhere. And while I liked the cover, I was like, this has a lot more appeal now that I see that these are, you know, kind of rental tapes. Uh, another one I did find, too, was a Muppet Baby storybook cassette from oh, 87. Wow. And what caught my eye was right on the bottom. It says never seen on TV. I was like, oh, these aren't episodes. What is this? Ooh. So it's a video storybook with the Muppets, uh, hosted by Kermit the Frog, of course. Yeah, so. I have one of those too. I found recently. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's really interesting. You have like the live action opening, and then it just goes right. into the storybook. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So, yeah, I, just unique stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I'm a little more fine tuned to the you know the rental store stuff that yeah, you'll that see has the on history the behind it. Right, yeah. right. A little bit more mm-hmm. than just your standard copy. And oh, I did also find. So my VCR crashed on me. It's it was uh, dead around Christmas, and I finally had to convert my uh, Charlie Brown holiday tapes over to the DVD because <laughs> I had the VHS. I still have the VHSs, and I was in a thrift store only open on Saturdays for like half a day. Walked in, found a VCR for two bucks, and it wow. works like a charm. So I was like, that's like the steal of the century right there. <laughs> Because everywhere else I go, they want like 20, 30 bucks for a VCR. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm back in the uh, 
the VHS business now, and we can start watching some tapes. <laughs> Speaking of VH, uh, picking up a VCR, you know, I actually, so we just moved to this new town. You know, I've got 500 pounds of VHS in transit currently to my house. 500 you know? pounds? Yeah, we did the calculation on it. No, because I have over a thousand oh, tapes my... now. So oh, that's right. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty insane. So, but I went to this uh, thrift store near my new house, you know, I got to get the lay of the land here, you know, and I introduced myself. I said, I'm the VHS guy. Now I'm going to be your best customer. <laughs> they put, they literally put me on a list and took my phone number to call me when, when you know, when a, wow. a new batch comes in. So I will be that guy. But when I was over there, I, you know, so like you say, it's so hard to find, you know, VCRs these days, but you know, this is like kind of a small town, so they don't care. They're literally just throwing old equipment everywhere and i found a vcr that was a zenith model but you know normally on a vhs uh you know insertion section on a vcr it's going lengthwise right so the vhs is kind of facing you like the full length right. of the tape this one you turn it sideways and do it from the side yes. and push it in Wow. Oh, I saw that the other day. That just blew my mind. I had never, ever seen that in my life. Interesting. And that was just so mind-boggling. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah, I can only you... imagine what you thought. I know. I was I was so excited about it. I had to take it apart and clean it up a little bit. You know, I put the video up there of the inside of it uh, you know, after I started cleaning it. So, but yeah, so I'm excited to get that connected uh, to my, my giant, you know, floor unit wooden TV from the 80s and see how it looks on there. But but then also because of this show, you know, because I post about VHS so much, like a lot of people contact me now, you know, send me a DM and they want to do a trade or just like friends or whoever, just like, hey, I saw this. Do you want it? So like right now, uh, I actually was able to just do a trade just a week ago with, uh, you know, your fellow fan of the wizard over there, Mike Monmouth. Mm -hmm. Our man mm -hmm. Monmouth Mike uh, on Twitter, and uh, he always hooks me up with the best stuff. I mean, he he managed to trade me his beloved My Pet Monster live action movie oh. tape, and also that's a just, hard tape to let go of, by the way. Yes, I mean that's that was a, a good trade for me. Uh, but he also just gave me a copy of Ninja Three: The Domination. Ooh. Big box These... copy. It is oh. beautiful canon classic it's like uh, it's, it's so i it's one of the most canon films movies out there and i i oh i'm that brings me so much joy yeah i mean it was fantastic so then of course i'm getting excited and uh in the meantime you know i have my buddy johnny caps he sends me a lot of vhs trailer tapes that's his thing right he loves to see the collections of trailers and know what existed. And hmm. so I transfer them to DVD for him, but then to pay me for that process, he just sends me VHS tapes. So what I just got in compensation uh, this week blew my mind. So the first one is Susanna Hoffs in the all nighter. Yes. You'll never forget the VHS tape. She's in a bikini on the front. You know, she's holding I'm Googling like right now. I'm Googling right now. I mean, it's, it's one of those. Yeah. So, <laughs> So I got that. And also this movie I have never heard of. It is called Secret Weapons. 
Okay? In this movie, this is the tagline. Enter the secret world of the Soviet school for sex spies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Linda Hamilton oh, is on the cover. Gosh. It's a it's a drawing of her, and she's literally pulling her shirt open to reveal her bra. Like, this is, uh-huh. this is like Black Widow on Skinamax, is what this looks like. Wow. So I am just, I am fascinated by this concept. And it, when I looked it up, it said it was a TV movie. I'm like, what channel showed this come on yeah so we we shall see um but yeah so just a a lot of stuff like that the last one i'll just mention is you know i sometimes i keep an eye on these uh these rare tapes you know so-called rare tapes that are on ebay or wherever and one that was just calling out to me because it said from the maker of miami vice band of the hand yes i love band of the hand (laughs) you know about this chad i Mill Creek put that out on Blu-ray a couple of years ago. I want to say it was like maybe three or four years ago. And this movie was like, I, I, I'm sorry to step all over you, but I'm just so excited you brought Go for up it. Band of Hand. But it's kind of like, um, it's like watching G.I. Joe in training. Yeah. Because you've got all these weird characters and these, oh, it's just so ridiculous. It's like G.I. <laughs> Joe, if they were, juvenile delinquents yeah and it's just you know it's got it's a little bit harder edge but it's got like Lawrence uh, Fishburne as like a drug yeah. dealer and, and, you know you've got uh Lauren Holly it was like her first movie I think like you got Leon who was in cool runnings I mean it's and again it's like I think they were they're trying to go for the Miami Vice vibe but they shot it all down in Florida you know and so it's not quite got like that same Miami look even though it takes place in Miami like it feels a lot more uh I don't, I don't know like rural because like they're out there training in the swamps, you know, like that, that's kind of what it's about until oh. they go to the city and decide to fight the drug dealers and the pimps, you know, like yeah. interesting. It's, it's, it's very, so, very interesting. So I, have that the sound, I think the soundtrack was a pretty popular. big. Oh yeah. Too. Tom Petty did the soundtrack with uh, Bob oh. Dylan. Wow. So it's yeah. like a traveling Wilburys kind of like side project or I something. Just, yeah. Oh gosh! I, so this tape is pretty rare now, even though the you know we have a Blu-ray of it. Yeah, well, apparently, like the yeah the tape itself because it's it's one of my favorites. You know, the RCA Columbia home video style tapes. This one's actually a cut box that was put into a you know a hard case, but it's one of those things where yeah, apparently that one like this is probably hard to come by just because a lot of people didn't care when it came yeah. out. So when yeah. it was for sale at the video store, very few people picked it up. Uh, so and I can't say it's great. Like I watched it, it's it's wacky. It's but it's not yeah, like cool. Crazy, it's not yeah. Miami Vice cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So and, and last thing I'll just mention is I did get uh, uh, on the way for my anniversary this year. My wife, the only '80s movie we agree on is The Goonies. So she loves it. I love it. So I finally, I'm doing a full Goonies themed event for us. But as part of it on my side, I bought an original slip sleeve of the Goonies. So usually you find the clam shell, you find like the the 90s releases this is the 1985 or 86 release you know uh in the original box so i'm excited about that so so is this the so i i'm not the i i grew up a little later after goonies so yeah i appreciate and respect the hell out of the fandom um and someone um once told me that there is a version of the vhs out there that has like 
a scene or two that was like later omitted. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I, I have not heard about this. I mean, I'm definitely obviously going to watch it. And yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a deleted scene with uh, like a Kraken. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Or something. Okay, yeah. that's I think what I heard. Yeah, yeah. But but I didn't know if it's on this VHS or not. So yeah, I'm, I'm very curious if that's the case. That's I, even more exciting that it's incorporated into it. Yeah. Yeah, I have a friend, and you know, Goonies is like one of his all-time favorite movies. And I went to a thrift store one time, and I took like a photo of you know the VHS section, and he was like, "Can you check that Goonies tape?" And I was like. Uh, okay, don't you have the DVD? He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. And then he like breaks it down and explains it. And it starts a thread on my Facebook page where like other people are talking about the tape too and how they got frustrated because they couldn't find the right copy and they couldn't find the right version. And I'm like, I had no idea it was this, like there was a certain version out there. So, you know, I, if, well, if you've got that version, I, I, I yeah, guess. I'll, I'll definitely report back. Yeah, I'll yeah, let you know. So, yeah. So, so now it comes down to season one was such a blast, obviously filled us up with even more enthusiasm for our hobby. So what mm-hmm. can we expect in season two? Well, here's the thing, guys. We already have a new group of video heroes lined up, uh, including one person who worked at a Hollywood video, which is a chain we have not heard about yet. We haven't got inside Hollywood video. He said he wore the vest and looked like an usher. Like this is early days, as well as more stories, of course, of the bad behavior by employees uh, and all the job injuries that resulted uh <laughs> it, it really is going to be wild guys so uh, but just so you know there is always room for more so if you worked in a video rental store back in the day if you are part of that wonderful magical process you've been listening to the show then we want to hear from you your stories matter and you never know what your perspective is going to reveal so you can reach out to me through email uh hojukulander at gmail.com Find me on Twitter. You can DM me at Hoju Coolander. Uh, and I would just love to get a chance to uh, to chat with you and bring even more excitement uh, in season two. Because, yeah, I think that, like I said, this show really did pull some interesting folks out of the woodwork. So stay tuned. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.